The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Living Well with Ann Beal. Our show is a health show, a lifestyle show, and an empowerment show rolled into one. Get ready to hear some stories of success, healthy living tips, and suggestions to get motivated and live your best life. Now, here is your host, Ann Beal. Hi, welcome to Living Well. I have a wonderful guest on today, Ray Maldonado from In-N-Out Burger. I don't know if you love hamburgers, but if you haven't tried an In-N-Out Burger, you will be amazed. You need to go out and find one. They are wonderful. Ray is the regional manager for In-N-Out Burger. Is that right, Ray? That's correct. We are so excited to have you on the show. Thanks for coming. Pleasure to be here. It's kind of crazy today. We have a rainstorm in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and so uh, we both had a little trouble getting here, but thank God we're here. Safe and sound. (laughs) Safe and sound. (laughs) I don't um, want you guys to miss out on In-N-Out Burger and its background, and so um, there's two reasons I have Ray on today. Number one, I want you to hear about In-N-Out Burger. I bet you do not know uh, what wonderful background it is in the company and the burgers. And also, Ray has been with In-N-Out Burger for 46 years. And I just want you to hear his story. It's very empowering. And um, so, Ray. Yes. Why don't you fill everybody in on In-N-Out Burger? Um, You know, uh, even before I started, I grew up in Southern California. And um, I was there for the first 40 years of my life. But um, my, uh, even when I was a kid, my dad and my grandparents would take me to In-N-Out Burger. And so uh, I never thought about working there or anything, but it was just a, there was very few in the San Gabriel Valley. Uh, we started in 1948. Um, Harry Schneider was our founder and Esther Schneider. Now, did you know them? Um, I actually, I, I did know them. And um, uh, what's interesting about that is that uh, I, I got promoted to a store manager in 1976. And I started at In-N-Out Burger in 1969. Um, now, you were 16, right? I was 16 when I started. And I, got my, uh, I was promoted to a store manager in 1976. I was the last store manager. Harry promoted me in 1976 of June. And he passed away in December of 76. So it's quite an honor to be, not only to know him, but to work for him, but to be promoted by him uh, before he passed away. Um, And it just, I I knew them both. Um, I was at their house for Christmas parties. Tells you what what kind of a family environment In-N-Out Burger was all about. And still is today. Now, you know, when I started, there was only seven stores. And um, we have 304 stores today. So there's been 297 stores in 46 years. Wow. Now, Esther and what's his name? Harry. Harry. They started In-N-Out Burger mm-hmm. back in? 1948. 1948. And um, 
what was that? He's the one who created the two-way speaker for drive-throughs, right? Yes, awesome. Yes, See, yes. that's my kind of guy. I just think that's awesome. And so, for him, why did he do that? What was he thinking with that two-way speaker? Well, he was a, he was kind of a he was an entrepreneur anyway. He was uh, he worked he was in the Merchant Marines and he provided um, um, lunches uh, and, and all of that stuff, but. Um, he he really wanted he, he, even if you look at our meat patties the meat patty has never changed wow. um, but they used to make that meat patty um, inside um, Esther would make the meat patties and Harry would put them on the grill that tells you how <laughs> he would get up at three or four o'clock in the morning and go to the produce market in in Los Angeles and find the best produce to put on the burgers. So, you know, when you look up, you think about hard work and you think about, you know, just what it takes to make a business go today. Um, he worked a tremendous amount of hours, yeah. but he would never compromise on the quality. Well, and that's, you know, when you say he would go shop for the finest produce, that's what the chefs do early, early in the morning. They get out and they find the, the freshest produce. They do. And they, you know, some of the top chefs in the world love In-N-Out Burger. And there's a lot of reasons, and we'll talk more about that. Okay. So um, Esther and Harry started in Alberger, and you met them at 16 when you were 16. Uh, it's a funny story because uh, I was I was I started in May of '69, and it was probably oh I don't know a couple months after I had started. And one of the things um, that I one of the only few things that I remember because you know you think about when you start someplace, there's a lot of information you're trying to take it all in. Yes. But the thing that I remember the most was that. Nobody comes in our building, and and uh, the door stays locked. And so, in those days, in 1969, we didn't have an elab- elaborate lock system. It was a deadbolt. And then when you came back in, because uh, we had two lane drives, uh, so the two lane drive was a car on each side with a small kitchen in the middle and a back room where we did the produce and all the other stuff in the back. So I was bringing. I heard a knock on the door, and I answered the door, and uh, there was a small gentleman. Uh, about five, six, five, 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 six, bald man, and and I never had seen him at that point in time. And um, there was a man that came in and says, "Hey, I want to come in." And I said, "I'm sorry, I can't let you in." And he says, "Yeah, you can." <laughs> and I said, "No, I can't." And he says, "Well, go ask the the cook in there," which is what we called the uh, the managers in those days were cooks, right? So I go in and I ask him, and I said, "There's a guy that wants to come in the back, and I can't, and I'm not going to let him in." And he says, "To come and ask you." So he looks out the window and he goes, hey, that's Harry Snyder. So I walk around the car and I'm thinking, well, this was a great job for a couple <laughs> of months before I could say anything. And he sticks out his hand and he says, my name's Harry Snyder. I want to thank you for doing your job. You were doing your job, not letting anybody in. I was doing my job and he was appreciative. So it was this very small. I learned at that point in time just how to appreciate people. No matter if you were the owner of the company or whatever you were, just to, to thank people for doing a great job. And I've been thanked for 46 years for whatever I've done, been doing. And I try to pass that on to my people. Which is why you've stayed. I have stayed. I have, I've stayed because uh, I've worked for the owners, every single one of them. And um, I know how special they feel about in and Burger, but I know how the special they feel about the people that work for them. So you started out... What was your job at 16? What did you do? Uh, it was called a, a, a backroom boy. A backroom boy. Uh, you know, in those days, it wasn't, 
<laughs> you know, there were, well, we didn't have any 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 women working in those days. Wow. Okay, so okay. It, was, it was all males in those days. Obviously, as we started to progress, and I think it was in 76, 77 when we hired our first female. I would almost tell you now that it's probably 55, 45 female to male now at Nutbreaker. Well, the first female would have been Esther. Cooking well, you're right. Era, you're right. You know? But, it, you know, in the <laughs> right kitchen. after that. Right after that. Yeah, you're right. So I wonder what the logic was behind that. You know what? Inside those, those little two-lane drives, it's, a very, it's, it's a very hectic and it's a quick pace. And I'm not sure that uh, – I don't think anybody's discriminating, but I don't think anybody – from the outside, a, a female looked inside and said, I want to hey, work there. I want to be part of that. <laughs> I can totally agree. Because they didn't have they didn't have the tables on the inside or the outside. Exactly. It was just drive through mm-hmm. and the and but but traffic was a problem eventually. Yes. And so they had to add the inside and outside. Um, so people could sit. And and um so, okay, so you were a backroom boy. Backroom boy. And then where did you move to from there? So then I got, you know, in those days, it was like, uh, it was un- not unheard of to spend six months to a year in the back, but I only spent uh, three months before I moved up to the front. And um, then I started to progress. And those, today we have levels, levels of development. And, and um, in those days, we didn't. Didn't have levels. It, no, we didn't have levels. It was just based on a, a skill set that you had. And if you showed a skill set, then you start you started to move up. So I, I had a pretty good skill set, so I was able to move up, and I worked um, through high school. Well, so that's what I was wondering. You were in high school at the time. Mm-hmm. How much were you working? Um, well, my junior year, I was, I was playing fo- high school football, Whoa. and I was working – and I was going to school, so I was, oh, I don't know, 20, 25 hours, you know. But it was pretty hectic. I can't yeah, imagine. It was pretty hectic. 25 hours for a high school kid, that's a lot of work, plus football. Plus football. So you weren't home much. No, I wasn't. Goodness. And how did you do in school? Um, I did pretty well, but obviously something, something had to give. Yeah. And, uh, I, you know, I was a, a pretty skillful, just I had a lot of sense. So I would use that common sense to try and um, skip through some things. And I found out that wasn't going to work. So I had to apply myself. So it only took a couple times where um, I went to a, a parochial high school, uh, Bishop Juan High School in, uh, in La Puente. So, you know, you have a lot of counselors and things. So if, th- if you start to slip at all, um, they're going to let your parents know. And so when I found that out, um, that I something had to give, so I didn't play. I didn't play high school football my senior year, and I was just really working and going to school. So um, I knew that I couldn't do it all. I couldn't balance it all. Was it hard for you to quit football? It was hard to quit football. I love the football, but I I wasn't quite as good at football as I was at In and Out Burger. Yes. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Well, and it's so cool that you moved up so quickly. You mm-hmm. know, when you started the job, what did what did you think? I thought this was just going to be a job to get me through uh, high school and into college. And um, I wanted to be a mechanical engineer. Um, I like putting things together and making it work. Um, in that year, too, I, I got a car um, and I blew the engine. Mm. So my brother-in-law was helping me um, overhaul the engine. So I was working. 
going to school and overhauling the motor at the same time. Wow. So I like to, I, I really like doing that stuff. So I, that was going to be my, I ended up graduating high school and then I went to Mount Sac College and I was going to college and I was like, ah, this college, you know, uh, I like school, but I'm really good at this. And so I had to make a decision and I had to make a decision. And I, I never forget when I told my parents, my parents really wanted me to go to school and they wanted me to get an education. They wanted me to graduate from college. And um, I just wasn't devoting the time that I needed to do to be successful in school. And when I told my mother that I was going to quit school and I was going to work full time, she's very disappointed. Mm. Um, but I will tell you this, uh, she got over that disappointment um, in 1992, which there's a, an award called the Harry Snyder Award um, that's given to someone in and out who um, is very special or they see the qualities that Harry, and I won that award in 1992 and my parents um, were at that meeting when I got that award. So I can tell you that um, I could tell my mom wasn't as disappointed in 92 right. <laughs> as she was in 71. <laughs> well, they also saw that you were making good money for your age mm-hmm. because I know they had to have rewarded you. They did. And that's one of the things that In-N-Out is known for is that they pay their employees well. Um, so you felt like you would do better, a better use of your time and your skills to stay and work at In-N-Out. Mm-hmm. Can you explain why? Well, a couple of things, you know, there's, there's certain things that you have to realize when you're making a decision of what you want to do, okay? Uh, first of all, are, are you, do you absolutely love what you're doing? You have to absolutely love what you're doing. And I tell people all the time before they make a decision to go into management, I said, you know, anything that you do can be repetitious. And repetition leads to mundane. And, and then all of a sudden you be, you're disenchanted in what we're doing. So you got to think into the future and say, is this something I can do for 30 years? I wasn't thinking 46 at the time. 46 is a long time. (laughs) But I was, is this something you could do for 30 years? And and I absolutely loved, um, I still love cooking today, right? I don't cook in the stores anymore or anything. I'm not good enough to do that anymore. But I love to grill and I love to cook at home. That's your hobby kind of, isn't it? It it really is (laughs) because I still love to satisfy people. And you've got to be, you've got to have that, that, thing inside of you that says you want customer satisfaction. You know, um, my wife says, I'm always trying to feed people and I'm always trying to, to put food out of it. But I learned that as, as a kid, you know, from my grandmother and my grandparents and my parents when we would have people over, um, is being a great host. Being a great host. Well, I know that a lot of men love to grill. Okay, and I, it's funny that I really don't know a woman who told me she loves to grill. I'm sure there are, but um, I saw that was one of your favorite things. You still love to cook. I do. Yeah, so that's awesome. It fits perfectly. But you started at 16, and you moved up. Now, that was not in La Puente, California. Where was the actual? West Covina. Fr- that was the first in and out The first in and, in and out was uh, in Baldwin Park. Baltimore? Bald- Baldwin. Baldwin Park, mm-hmm. California. Mm-hmm. It's where that, our corporate office is today. Oh, okay. Um, so it was very small because the in and outs then just had the two drive-throughs on each side with a little square in the middle, right? <laughs> yes. And so and they started in California. We did. And uh, we lived in California and had in and out Burger there and Carl's Jr. 
And when we moved here, first there was a Carl's Jr. Well, the Carl's Juniors have kind of not done, you know, they're just not anywhere near as good. So when we, when we saw In-N-Out the first time here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, um, we were very excited. <laughs> and uh, you brought those In-N-Outs here. Are you, if you're the regional manager, then you're the one that organized getting the In-N-Outs here in this area? I, I organized all the people, and I went to many different parts of the company to arrange meetings with people because there was a lot of interest in coming to Texas. There's a lot of there, Texas provides a great lifestyle. Yes, I, I love it here, and so you know it. But it's a it's a huge ordeal to move 2,2400 miles away from what your family base is, and you really think about that. You think about opportunity, and you think about other things. But when you're far removed from family, mm. for in a great distance, there's nothing that you can do to gap those 2,000 miles. So you got to be prepared for what that entails in moving 2,000 miles away. And you moved lots of people. We moved lots of people. Yes. And I was in charge of that, too. So regional manager now means what? Well, you're in charge. I oversee the divisional managers who oversee the store managers who oversee the associates at the stores. So how many stores are actually under you? We have 20. We have, uh, we have 26 right now. We'll probably have... About 30 by the end of the year, but we're in San Antonio, we're in Austin, and we're all the way up to, which would, Allen would be our furthest north store, but um, we have four more stores that underway this year, so we also have a new um, a warehouse facility that should break ground in the next year or two, I'm sorry, in the next month or two, that's sectioned off at the 35 and the 20, you know, it's probably 150 to 200,000 square feet. Uh, where we're going to be able to, we, we produce our own patties right now in Texas. And we've produced them for the day we've opened up the stores in Frisco and Dallas. Because you have that in Dallas, right? Is, is, that, the, is mm-hmm. that what you're talking about, that warehouse? Yes. Because one of the things I don't know that people know is that in and out everything's very fresh. And they cook it upon order, right? That's correct. And everything is made near the store, as you call store, which we call restaurant. or mm-hmm. um, And so... In order to make it fresh, to move here to this region, in this area, you had to bring a where- make a warehouse here that had all the ingredients made here, right? So, or, you know, made up here. So I assume you make the patties ahead of time, or do you just ship the meat to the stores? No, well, we have, in our Dallas facility, um, we, have, we have our butchers there, so we bone and grind daily. And that's shipped out to the stores every single day. So it's fresh every day? Every day. Because... Can you tell us why that a lot of the top chefs think In-N-Out is incredible? Um, well, everything is done on a fresh basis every single day. So um, those, the, the tomatoes, and we have strict guidelines and produce guidelines on freshness, you know, um, and we won't compromise anything. We won't compromise our standards for anything. So if it, if it doesn't meet our standard, we won't serve it. Um, so it's, it's, we have our butchers who bone and grind daily in our Dallas facility. And then we have our warehouse guys who take the meat out and all the other produce every single day to every one of our stores from San Antonio to, to Allen. Every single day we're doing that. And then the stores, you know, we're leafing that lettuce, we're slicing that tomato, we're coring that tomato, we're slicing that onion, and we're making it within, the, you know, if you see a tomato that's going in the water, it's going to be served. It's going to be on the burger in the next hour or two. So um, that 
I've never seen anything that fresh. Well, and I don't think there is in the fast food business, right? That's correct. And so that is part of why you had to make the inside eating and the outside eating tables was because it's made so fresh. Now, when I was reading about the history with Harry and Esther, uh, the wait for a burger was 10 minutes, or Mm -hmm. the wait for your food was the minimal 10 minutes, and people would line up waiting. That's correct. And so they wanted these burgers. And I, I, you know, when I first saw In-N-Out Burger, and I saw that it had such a minimal menu of just burgers and fries. Is that it? That's correct. Um, Of course, soda. Um, Does it have shakes? We do have shakes. Shakes. Got to have shakes. Real ice cream. (laughs) Real ice cream. Real ice cream. Now, see, my show is called Living Well. (laughs) And so I am pretty picky about the kind of people I have on. And um, In-N-Out is fresh, and it's, in my opinion, good for you. Now, they do fry their fries, okay, but you fry them the best way that you can so they're as healthy as possible. Pure vegetable oil. And still be good. Um, And so the reason the wait... But I've waited. It doesn't take 10 minutes now. It doesn't seem to no. take that long. So they've kind of sped up the process. They've, so the thing about having the um, warehouse here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. So if you were, so do you have In-N-Out in Arizona? We do have In-N-Out in Arizona. So are those come out of the warehouse in California? Now, that meat is shipped out of our commissary in, uh, in Ball Park to Arizona. We have a distri- distribution center in Arizona, but everything's shipped over there, and they ship it to the stores in Arizona. Because they can get there within 24 hours they then. Can, well, it's only six hours away from, from Ball Park. Wow, yeah. that's cool. Okay, I didn't know that. Because I do know it all based on the meat that you can get within 24 hours mm-hmm. somewhere, so that it's always fresh. Always fresh. That is amazing. Doesn't that feel good to know that you work for a company oh, like that? absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and they don't franchise. As well. We don't franchise. So no, every- you, you mentioned, can I tell you a little story? Yes, please. So you, you mentioned um, um, Carl's Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, I was at Harry's funeral in 1976, and I was outside um, the service, and we were, we were just you know visiting there, and a gentleman had approached me, and he says, um, he says, do you work for in and out I said, I do. He says, how long have you worked there? I said, about seven and a half years, and he asked me you know, why I stayed. And I told him, you know, this is like 39 years ago. And I told him why at that, that point I had stayed and I had no intentions of going anywhere else. Come to find out, he says, well, I just want to let you know, my name's Carl Karcher. And I said, I sat on the National Restaurant Association board with Harry. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, what an interesting comparison when you, you talk about Carl's Jr. Because, you know, now here's a man who started, you know, Carl Karcher Enterprises and then he sold off that enterprise, and um, and the rest is history, as they say, right? Right. But internet won't do that. Yeah, because it goes. The quality does go down. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, in some of the, I guess some of the stores, as you call them, might not be, but you don't really have any control over that once you franchise off and go public, right? That's correct. So that they wanted, uh, in and out wanted to keep control over quality. Mm-hmm. So therefore, they've grown slower. But in, in a lot of ways, better. I mean, when I look at the history of In-N-Out, I'm proud of that. And I'm proud to have you on because it's, they've really cared a lot about quality. They've cared about their people. So they pay people more than most other, um, I mean, would you say any other fast food place or do you know? 
I don't know if any, anybody makes the wage in, uh, in the quick service industry, quick service restaurant industry as we do. Because they, you know, they said starting out in California, uh, minimum, the minimal pay there for a starting person is ten fifty. Eleven dollars $11 now. Wow. What is it here? It's ten fifty. That is why the college students line up. They're trying, they like, this is the place to interview. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is the place to get a job in college because the money is good. And uh, hopefully the work is fun, right? Oh, it's, it's a blast. <laughs> yeah. So for you, it's been an exciting journey. I mean, I look at you now and what you do. Did you ever imagine regional manager? No, I didn't. Did they even have that title? They didn't have that title. Because, <laughs> you know, they've come a long ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so how many jobs have you had? Um, well, I've, everything that ended up, if, if you're in operations, uh, every, you've done every job that there is. In other words, that you've been an associate. You went through every rank, um, which is we have a fourth manager, a third manager, an assistant manager, and a store manager. And I've been through every one of those. And then I was divisional manager. Uh, when I went from, I went from Southern California to Northern California because I went to become a divisional manager. And that's where the expansion was. So I went up there. And then I went from, um, then we moved out to Arizona. Um, they had asked me to go out there. So I went from California to Arizona. And, um, and then I went from Arizona back to California. And then I became a regional manager and then I moved back to Arizona. And then they asked me to come out to Texas. Wow. Yeah. And you provide a very good life for your family. Because I met some of your family. And um, you've done very well with in and out And that's afforded a good lifestyle for your family. But they seem to really appreciate the money. You know, they don't seem spoiled or anything like that. Um, and I'm always drawn by that. And so I'm excited about that. You know, it's when some people think about In-N-Out Burger, because I told people you were going to be on, and somebody said, oh, that's where Paris Hilton was on her way to when she got her DWI or DUI. And I was like, how in the world do you know that? That was funny to me that they said that. I was like, how do you know stuff like that? And I said, are you like trivia? And they said, no, she really was. She really was. So I was like, okay. And so then she first started to tell me about other stars that love In-N-Out Burger. Now, th- my friend's from L.A. as well. And so um, I want to talk about that when we get back, back from break. Okay. Why they all, you know, why is it so big that they would go out of their way to go to In-N-Out Burger? Um, and uh, do you ever see these stars? Have you ever met any of them when they're in the store? Yes. Who have you met? Um, you know what? I was uh, when I was a, the divisional manager in California. Um, I was over the uh, store one or two, which is Hollywood. Um, it's interesting because uh, I was there. You know, we have the um, uh, Oscar awards, and so. Um, I was there that night. I was, I was going to do. Oprah Winfrey wanted to come down and do a, a show at our store, and she got tied up with that. So I was at the store, but people are getting their Oscars and they're in their limos, stopping at the Hollywood store to get a burger. Now there, you know, you, there's a lot about that huge party that's party after, right? And there's a big, you know, if you watch the Oscars, which my wife loves, loves to watch them is, you know, she likes to watch the whole thing, the red carpet and on and on, and then the party after, and they get the, they show all that stuff. But I was at Ground Zero, I was at that store, and I saw a lot of those young people and 
come there the guy I remember this because this is in um, in 2000 in, in 2005 so the guy wins the humanitarian award at the Oscars and he comes in and he's in his tuxedo and he's sitting down and he's taking his bow tie off and he's having his double double fry and a shake and he's he's just totally enjoying you know um, his burger there and, and I see all these stars come in and so who was that? Do you remember who it was? I don't remember who it was, but you know what's interesting, Anna, is because everybody, I'm asking all these people, who's that? And they're explaining to me yes. who that person was. You know? Well, I, I do understand that because, you know, I lived in Malibu. And so you see stars a lot, you know. And so being in Hollywood, right where, where the Oscars are, what a great place to be. Yeah. Yeah, that would be so cool. So of all the places, when I think of Hollywood, where the Oscars is, yeah, definitely they would go to you freshest thing out there and so that's cool see I think that's really wonderful so we're going to talk more about Ray Maldonado's life and um, over the last 46 years at In-N-Out and uh, talk more about In-N-Out itself we'll talk to you right after the break okay your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Most married men experience frustration because there are things they want from their wives but don't know how to get them. Nothing seems to work. Desires are unfulfilled. Fantasies unrealized. And relationships become stagnant. Men are desperate today for a richer, deeper, more satisfying and intimate marriage. Dr. Jim Slaughter teaches men how to have the passionate, fulfilling marriage they've always wanted. Call 817-991-4964 or email jslaughterphd at yahoo.com to begin transforming your marriage into what you want it to be. It's time to access your magic. Tune in each week to Living in the Magic of Possibilities with your host, Glenice Hughes. Our topics cover finances, personal health, business, relationships, mediumship, and so much more. If you want to access all that is possible in your life, listen to Glenice and her expert guests who've turned the impossible into the possible. Living in the Magic of Possibilities is heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world and that includes you visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment you are listening to Living Well with Ann Beal we'd love to hear from you with comments and questions about the show please send us an email to ablivingwell at gmail.com that's ablivingwell at gmail.com now, back to this week's show. Welcome back. I have Ray Maldonado here today. We are talking about In-N-Out Burger and his wonderful 46-year career and all about the freshness of In-N-Out. And if you haven't tried one of those wonderful burgers and fries and shakes, you should get there. Tell them where In-N-Out is right now. What states is it in? Um, California, um, Arizona, Nevada. Utah, Texas, and uh, and soon to be in Oregon later this year. Soon to be in Oregon. Mm-hmm. Now, you're not heading that up, are you? No, I'm not. 
Goodness. This is my last stop. I thought, whoa, <laughs> that would be a lot of work. You just finished this one. And you still have how many stores here? Four more? Uh, we have four more this year, but um, I would say, you know, we try, we're, we're trying to build about, you know, five or six a year in Texas. That's incredible. That's a lot of stores. Mm-hmm. So what kind of hours do you work now? Um, I, I work, uh, you know, whatever the job requires, but it's just like, you know, yesterday, uh, I had meetings in ballpark the day before. So I took, uh, I was in ballpark and then I went to the, um, I had a 6am flight from LAX to, to Austin. Um, and I needed to meet with some people in Austin. And then I took a flight from, from Austin back to home to Dallas yesterday. Wow. So you travel quite a bit. There's a little bit of travel involved. Little bit of travel. A little, little bit. bit of travel. <laughs> Just a little bit. You love travel? Um, you know, it's it's um, the end justifies the means and it's 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 just what I have to do to be able to to get to people, to get to the stores. That's the most important thing. They need to feel valued. Well, in business people who travel a lot, it just becomes like instead of the commute to work, it's it's just part of the commute. It's part of it's just what they do. And they think of the airplane kinda of like we think of cars. It's just to get there. You know, and so you must travel. How long you been traveling like that? Mm, ever since, um, well, 2000. Well, I started, I started, really started traveling when I became a division manager um, from um, 94. But really, the, the, the large travel started in 2004. So for the last 11 years, I've been doing a lot of traveling. So after store manager, you become a divisional manager? That's correct. And then you're over how many stores? Um, as much, anywhere from about uh, five to ten. And then when you become regional manager, you're over divisional managers? Yes, you are. So how many? Um, usually it's probably a group of uh, six to eight people. I have currently have four. Wonderful. Well, I know that in and out has a university. We do. Is it like a real college or is it a training place for in and out? What, what would you call that? Mm, I would say it's, uh, it's definitely a training center. It's uh, where all levels of, of management get training. And even our store managers, you know, because uh, when I first, Rich is really the one that started the university. Rich Snyder. Rich Snyder. And he had this just, he was just a, a, a visionary about where he wanted to take in an upper Um. Now, he was the second son of that's, Harry and Esther. That's correct. Not the first son. No. So the oldest didn't take over. Not at, at first. first. At right. first. Okay. At and, first. And guy, let's see, Rich was 24, right? He was. He was young. He, you know, just imagine, uh, and I'll tell you a little story about that too, because um, remember I told you that um, he, he took over in 76, right? That same year, I'll, I'll, and I told you about our commitment to quality, right? Mm-hmm. So that year we were we had some. Um, I was the, I was the store manager at, at the store in Norwalk, and I called in and I needed a, the potatoes weren't just the, the right potato and the tomatoes um, were weren't as ripe as they should have been. I had some tomato some milk that it was within the date range, but it had curdling on the top of the lid. So I called the warehouse in Ball Park and I told them exactly what the thing was, and they said, "Ray, we'll have you some product within the hour." Less than an hour and 45 minutes um, coming up to the back of the store with five lugs of tomatoes, um, five sacks, 10 sacks of potatoes, and a case of milk 
driving in a black El Camino was Rich, <laughs> Rich Snyder. I was afraid you were going to say that. Really? That is but, so cool. But I'll tell you, think about this. Taking over, first of all, grieving for your father. Yeah. Right? He had just lost his father a couple of weeks before or a few weeks before that. But his commitment, that I really understood. I knew what Harry was all about. And I understood Harry's commitment to quality. But I also, at that moment in time, I understood that that wasn't going to deviate. It was not going to deviate just because his father had passed. He was going to continue on his father's work. So he believed in his father and what Absolutely. his father was doing. Absolutely. And you saw that. I saw that firsthand. Because <clears throat> that's quite a bit of commitment to get in your El Camino, which I think is cool, an El Camino. My dad had one of those. Um, and drive you the food that you asked for to have it fresh. Yes. So he cared. He did. How far was that from where he was? Mm, it's probably 35 minutes. Awesome. It's yeah. really awesome. And I, I you know, and I, Rich, you know, I'm kind of endeared to Rich just reading about him um, and his faithfulness to his mom and dad mm-hmm. and the way that he carried on their legacy so well. And, you know, um, now he started the scripture references on the packages. That's correct. And I don't know if anyone knows that they have them on there. I felt really like, God, I'm so not observant. Now, I, I had never noticed them. Um, my husband loves In-N-Out Burger. And so he would always order and he always unwraps the burger for me to make it where it's half, you know, where I can eat it where I'm driving or whatever. He just serves me so well, I'm telling you. And so I was telling him, I said, the reason is because you take the package and he started laughing about that because I don't really see the scriptures. But they are, they're on the, they're on the cups, they're on the packages of the burger and on the right. fries package. Mm-hmm. They're on the employees' paychecks. Yes. Still, they're on the drink cups, yes. like the water cups inside the off in the stores. Uh, not the water cups, but uh, not the clear cups, but on our drink cups on the bottom of the cups. And just but when they're not in a in a um, in a in a they're in an inconspicuous place where you where if you would see it you would you would recognize it. But it's just a testament to what was um, Rich's faith and the faith of, of the Snyder family. So it wasn't something that he wanted to to, to, to magnify, but it was something that he wanted to know where, where his faith was and the faith of the Snyder family was. Well, and it, it just sounds like that they're, they're down-to-earth ways. The Harry and Esther, they, they really wanted people that came to work there to learn to save money. And to prosper, but eventually go on to bigger things. They they really didn't look at employees there as something for a career necessarily, but they were going to build them up, help them, and and move on like a starter job almost. But that is not the way it is now. And Rich saw it as let's get the best people and keep them here. If they is that did he start the university too? Or? He, he did start the university. So when you look at it, I, I think it was because. Um, because Harry was such an entrepreneur and he, he, he had the chance to open up his own business. And he wanted to provide that opportunity so, should someone choose to be able to do that, to be able to pro- provide that. Uh, it, it, people, managers were making great money, so, so they choose to take that and open up their own business. You know, that would be a great way to be able to segue into doing that. When Rich came along and took over the business, he kept that foundation. But he wanted to, to grow the company um, and he wanted to, people to stay here, and he didn't want people to leave or go anywhere else. Not that Harry did, but he wanted people to have the opportunity Harry did. So 
when Rich came along, he was a he was a huge visionary. Of that's when the five. Uh, see, when I worked six days a week for twenty years, and then when Rich came along, he wanted people to to work five days, and so hence the five day work week. Whoa, okay, because you know I've worked with a lot of people in rest, restaurant management um, who've come to see me for for life coaching, and that's one of the. I had no idea how demanding restaurant management is, and honestly, a lot of them hardly see their families, and so I just assume because I know. Um, what I read was a store manager, the average store manager can make over $100,000. That's correct. But I thought he's working all the time. But no? Not anymore. What? Not, any, not anymore. So, you know, that's, uh, I can't tell you, and, and what a great, I can't tell you how many people have missed so many from the old days, how many family events that they had missed. Right. And Rich didn't want that to happen. You know, he wanted to have people who would stay but also would not miss family events and, you know, five-day work week and, you know, having a couple weekends off in, uh, in the course of a, of a four-week period. Um, so did he, is that part of the universe was actually teaching, teaching the managers how to do that? How to schedule. Schedule. You know, how to, how to hire people and how to make sure that you're staffing and training your people. So in and out can only grow with the amount of qualified people that we have. Right. And, and because you keep people, you retain people, mm-hmm. which is so much different. I mean, even hearing about you, I thought, I'm going to go research this because companies, you know, they don't keep people as long. People aren't as loyal. Companies aren't as loyal. And I thought, what is it about In-N-Out Burger that you would have stayed that long? Um, because when you think of it as, a, you know, you think of McDonald's or you think of Wendy's or Bur- I've met people that were, and none of them have been there that long. You know, maybe... Wendy, <laughs> I don't know, but she's young. So her dad, I don't know. And you just don't hear it like that. So when I started researching about In-N-Out, I was blown away at their averages for retaining. And it said that McDonald's averages one year to two years. Starter people, no, it was even less than that for a new person uh, that works, you know, coming up in high school or whatever. But um, you guys, it said 10 years. Um, and then a starter person that was doing it part-time for school or what might be a, a two years at the average. But it was higher. It was more than double. And I was just blown away by that. That And so I'm assuming it's not only the pay that is better, the really reward good work, but the schedule. Absolutely. You know, Anna read an article about two or three years ago. It was about loyalty. And the first, it started out with the question, how many jobs do you think someone will have by the age of 30 years old. And if I asked you that question, I don't know what your answer would be, but a lot of people say, you know, three, four, five, Mm. but the actual answer is 16. So people will have had 16 jobs, which is only employable by 14 years. So they will have two more jobs um, than the employable years. Isn't that, it's just, I just, it's hard for me to fathom that. Well, I was thinking maybe 12, because I've seen people come in here and it's amazing to me, especially, um, you know, there used to be people that would lose their jobs and it would be a repetitive thing, but they would last a lot longer than now. Um, I have people that come in one year, they've, they've had five different jobs and they're not very old, you know? And so that's why I was thinking maybe 12. And uh, I do wonder if marriages are going to get up there too. <laughs> I have so many people yeah. getting married. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it is like that. And so, do you know a lot of people in in and out that have been there 30 years? Yes. See then, that's yeah. just incredible. That's wonderful. 
So for you, what has been the main thing for you that has drawn you to not ever leave? Hmm. Uh, first of all, I love what I do, but I, I would have to say I love the people that I do it with. You know, um, you have to have somebody ask me, you know, at 46 years, obviously there's, there's, you know, at some point in time, I'm going to have to think about retiring here, right? And somebody asked me, um, Ray, I know you loved Arizona. We, when you retire, will you go back to Arizona? I said, absolutely not. And I said, um, I said, well, not. Why not? You, you love it there. I said, because I said, I, I kind of likened it to Moses, all right? And I said, how would it be for me to say, I'm going to take people to the promised land or what I believe was the promised land, and I'm not going to take them and let them wander in the desert for 40 years. Of course, that was God's choice, yes. obviously. Yeah. You know, Moses wasn't there to, to, to end up in the promised land, but I said, there's many people who have come to Texas, and family included, because we've moved here, my wife and I, and, and In-N-Out Burgers moved here. And so whenever that is, whenever that day is that, that, uh, that I do retire, I'll, I'll be staying in Texas. Well, and it is a, a wonderful place to retire. Absolutely. Especially when it comes to, I mean, even just how cheap things are here compared to California or Arizona. You know, my house, I had it on uh, YouTube when it was for sale. And uh, people were calling me saying, oh, my gosh, your house is beautiful. Four million, three million, two million. I just kept going, no, and no, no. And they're like, well, how much is it? I go, well, I'm not telling you. I'm just not even going to tell you. <laughs> I want you to believe I have a $4 million home. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, I finally did tell them. They're like, no way. I need to move to Dallas. I'm like, yes, you do. Move soon. <laughs> and uh, so that way, a lot of people are moving from California to here um, because of you know, their retirement goes so much farther. It truly does. And it is a beautiful place, you know, and you, you it has all different kinds of landscaping, except ocean, unless you're down in Galveston mm-hmm. or Houston, uh, and the huge mountains, you know, that's, you can't compare with Arizona and California, the mountains. Um, but yeah, it's just wonderful. And bringing people, now Moses wandered in the desert because of people sinning. God wanted to take them straight to the <laughs> promised land. He just didn't get to. They did choose weird things out there. They did, but you know, <laughs> back to the original question is that Really, my passion is for growing people and developing people. Yeah, and um, and that's yeah, that's what really leads me, and that's what that's what gets me up in the morning, and that's what allows my head to fall asleep at night is knowing that I'm 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 trying to lead people to the best place um, to open up doors for them that they wouldn't see for themselves. Well, and nowadays kids are coming out of high school; they're asking them what they want to major in in like ninth grade. What are you going to do when you grow up? Mm-hmm. And they're coming here, you know, wanting to, they said they need to volunteer. If they're thinking about counseling, they want to volunteer here a little bit and see if this is what they want to do. And they are little. <laughs> and they're like, I don't know what I want to do. I'm supposed to decide what academy to go into for high school. So that I, you know, they're trying to choose in ninth grade, medical or business or veterinarian or nursing. It's just crazy. And so, I, you know, they have the impression from listening to their teachers that they should know what they want to do. Um, and these kids going to college are trying to figure out what they want to do. Um, and the kids that um, can't go to college, you know, I, I talk because they don't have the money. I, I tell them all the time, nothing's going to hold you back. 
And and when you pick what you want to do, a lot of times you don't need college. But I tell them stories of all these successful people who did not go to college. You can be equally as successful. It isn't where you go to school after you get out of high school. It is your work ethic, your personality, as far as your attitude. You know, if you're grumpy and you're angry and you're irritable and you're, you know, hard to deal with or critical, it's going to be harder for you to excel than if if you're positive, you have a great work ethic, and you have a great attitude. And they're like, that's all it takes? I said, yeah, really, honestly. If it it takes talent because you had skills. You you had skills that came through when you started the In-N-Out Burger. But did you know you had those skills? Uh, no, I mean, that's, you know, it's, there's a, there's an evolution of, uh, you know, people always ask about leadership. <clears throat> leadership is always evolving and you should be evolving as a leader. You should always be growing yourself and looking for materials that will help you grow another, another thing, another dimension. You know, there's a huge, um, social media was never around no. when, um, when I was growing up and all the other things. And so I, a lot of people that I mentor and a lot of people that I talk to, and I said, hey, get out of the social media and get onto the books and get onto the other stuff that's gonna really help you grow as an individual. You know, did you know that less than 7% of every person in the workplace has a mentor? I heard it on CNBC News. And I was listening to, to this and I was thinking to myself, you know, where do you, where do you look? Where do you go? Where do you find someone? Where do you seek someone out? Um, I read a great book about uh, um, mentorship and I, I read a good, good um, Solomon and his lessons of wisdom. There's a lot of wisdom in, in Solomon, even though he made a lot of mistakes. Tell you what. You know, mm-hmm. but, I, but I tell you that, you know, listen and read a lot of his lessons because his wisdom is absolutely amazing. So would that be Proverbs? Yes. Well, and, you know, I had somebody asking me the other day. They said that if they could, if they could have one wish and somebody said, I'd give you, I'll give you one wish, they said they wouldn't ask for a million dollars because that's not much anymore. They'd ask for a billion. And um, I said, okay. And they go, you don't think that's a good idea? And I said, well... I think if I got asked that question, I mean, if I got to ask one wish and it could really be granted, I think I would probably ask for the wisdom of Solomon. I'd ask to be wise, even wiser than Solomon. I mean, because Solomon was granted wisdom. That's what he asked for. And he was wealthy as well. Mm -hmm. And he had lots of things. Um, Not to say that he always made the right choice, but wisdom is such a, it's, if you think about it, Everyone, you know, if they know that, they know that Solomon was the wisest man. And still to this day, they will say that. Um, and it, I, I would want that. I would want that. And I had a mentor. I had actually two different mentors at different times in my life. And um, to this day, you know, I had one mentor that just passed away not very long ago. And I, I was amazed how it almost felt like a huge part of me died in a way. Because I, I am like him, you know, in a way, because he, everything I learned from him as far as what I do now, even the medical side and medicine and radio and TV and just how to run a business. And, um, you know, and then when I was in grad school, I had a mentor that 
uh, met with me and really launched me and believed in me. And um, when I was younger and a gymnast, I had a coach that believed in me. So he was similar, even though he's my coach. And so having people that believe in you and that you learn from. And when you look at like um, Tolkien and uh, mm-hmm. C.S. Lewis and all them, they met together the four of them, I think there were. It was like a mentorship. Every week they met together That's to advise each other. And so you really believe in that. Uh, in fact, I'm teaching, uh, I'm teaching a class at church. Uh, the pastor had come to me and he asked me, um, he's probably got, uh, the church I go to, he's probably got two or three years left there. And he asked me to teach a mentoring slash new generation leadership at church. And I teach it once once a month for for a series of seven seven months, and um, I do believe in it, and I do believe in when when you believe when someone believes in you, how can you not believe in yourself? Yeah, it really, it is. I think um, it, that in some ways that's all it took for me, mm-hmm. right? That's exactly it. Mm-hmm. Because the doubts in your mind, the questions that you you know, they say that life is ninety um, percent of the things. 10% that happens to you and 90% is how you react to it, right? Right. And if you have someone guiding you or believing in you, and even when you make mistakes, that because we're all going to make them, is that you how you learn out of those mistakes and how you advise others to not make those mistakes in the future. You're, 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 you're saving someone from huge diversions in their road. Well, and I think it's a disservice that a lot of media and schools have done getting kids to doubt their elders. You know, there's so much of that, even in the media where the kids, in all the TV shows, the adults are stupid or, you know, foolish. And yet, you know, so they don't look towards mentors. And um, now where do you go to church? Uh, Grace Vineyard in, in, uh, in Arlington. Wow. Okay. So I wanted people to know that in case they live by there, they might want to go get mentored. Um, now, if people want to learn more about you or in and out and have questions, how would they reach you? Um, well, I, uh, you could leave me a, an email at rmaldonado at inandout.com, or you could call my assistant, um, um, Denise Heskamp. You could email her, dheskamp at inandout, and um, we, we could definitely get back to you, or I, I could answer any questions that you have, or you could... Um, call her and arrange uh, a phone meeting. That would be awesome. So R Maldonado. So R M A L D O N O N A D O at I N N O U T dot com. Oh, in and Alberger. I N N O N and Out dot com. Yes. Okay. And and Denise Heskamp. Now her name is a little harder. Would it be D Heskamp? D Heskamp. At In and Out dot com. H E S S. K-A-M-P. Yeah, you got it, man. Cool. At inandout.com. That's correct. Awesome. Um, that would be great. You could really help kids. And I uh, just thank you for listening today. And I so thank you for being here, Ray. And um, you guys remember, if you'd like to have a great job, go to in and out And if you'd like to have a great burger, fries, shake, anything else? Um, you know, I just, uh, I would just say that... Um, if you're going to eat an In-N-Out burger and it's going to be your first one, eat it at the store. Eat it at the store. Eat Don't it get at it to go. Store. Don't get it to go. Get it Go fresh. inside, sit down, and enjoy it firsthand. And then you'll really, uh, you really get the aspect. So that you know why it's made that way. Fresh to eat. As mm-hmm. though you just made dinner or lunch and sat down to eat. 
Uh, yeah, exactly. Serve it right off the grill. Right off the grill. Right off the grill. That is our best advice for you guys today. And thanks for listening to Living Well with Ann Beal and Ray Maldonado. Take care. Thank you again for joining us. Living Well with Ann Beal airs live every Wednesday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We can't wait to see you again next week. 